First words. This goes back to the Mishnah in the beginning of the Patek. We were talking about a person that had a storage and then he has guests, or there's a Besamedrish, there's a Shir that they want to learn Tayra there. And uh, the Mishnah says you're allowed to move out, four boxes, five boxes. We learned about this by Riches. But there's certain things that you're not allowed to move, certain things are mukta, <coughs> and you can't clear out the space for the uh, Tayra there to learn, or the, for the guest. So one of the things that said in the Mishnah was, you're not, you're not allowed to move out a tevel. Tevel is produce that Maisra was not taken from it. And you can't eat it, so it's mukta. Frakta Gemara, Pshita, says obvious, if it's can't eat it, it's mukta. And says the Gemara, Leitzricha betevel tovel midrabonon. We're talking over here about tevel, where the entire obligation to give the Maisra is only midrabonon. What case is that? Shazaroi be'otzit she'enenokov. What grew here was, <coughs> was planted in a uh, flower pot that does not have a hole in it and it doesn't take the nourishment from the ground. And here there's only a taconim that are bonon to give the maiser. <coughs> so I would think that maybe in this case on Shabbos there would be mekel and allow a person to move it for a purpose of guest or so on. That's the chiddush of the Mishnah that you're not allowed to. The next case of the Mishnah was v'loi maiserishin. You're not allowed to move maiserishin Say in the Mishnah, after the Levi receives the Maiserishin, he then has to uh, uh, separate Truma that he gives to the Kayan. So if he did, he did not separate the Truma yet, he's not allowed to move the Maiserishin. This is obvious as well, if he can't eat it, so it's Mukhtse. That he went, this, this Levi went and took the Maiserishin before the Truma was taken from it. Usually first you take Truma. Then afterwards you take Maiserishin. This lady went and got this Maiserishin earlier on, Bikri, when it was in the pile before the Truma was taken. And now he only separated Maiser. He did not separate the Truma Gedoyla for the Kayan, which was skipped, which was not taken yet before. And so now he should really be giving the Truma's Maiser for the Kayan. Uh, but in addition, the Truma Gedeila. He did not give the Truma Gedeila as well. And what's the Chiddush here? I would think the Halacha is, like Rav Papa said Tabaya, which the Gemara mentions at the bottom of the previous Amod. And there the Gemara says, well, there's two scenarios. There's a person, there's a Levi that gets his Maiser Ishain when the kernels are still in their stalks. So over there the Gemara says, if you took it that early, so then you chaptois from the Kayin and you don't have to give Truma Gedeil anymore. So I would think that the same Allah should apply when the kernels are out of their stalks, when it's being placed in a pile already. That over here as well, you don't have to give the Truma Gedeil anymore. Kamash Melon, Kiddushan Abaya, so the Chiddush here is, like Abaya answers, and Abaya brings a Pasik that once it's in the pile, you do have to give the Truma Gedeil. So that's the Chiddush of our Mishnah, that he did not give this Truma Gedeil yet, and therefore it's Moktzah. The next case in the Mishnah was Veloyas Maiser Shani. By the way, these in Yonim, that it says here in the Gemara, and this whole list of things that it mentions here in the Mishnah, if anyone remembers, we had this in the Gemara, Brachis, when you get a person having to uh, do Zimun on it. You do Zimun with something, and the Gemara mentions a list of things that you ate from, whether it's permitted to eat from it, or not permitted to eat from it. And a similar list we had there, and the Gemara asked a similar Shaila Pshit by all those cases, and gave the same answer there as well. Anyways, so the next thing we had in the Mishnah was Veloyas Maiseshani the Hektish Loyniftu. You have Maiseshani, and it was not redeemed yet, so you're not allowed to eat it, so you're not allowed to move it. Sfekta Gemara Pshita. 
And says the Gemara, Leitzricha de Niftu. The case of here is that it was redeemed, but Vileniftu Kelchosam. It was not redeemed according to the way Allah requires. What are the examples? Maiser, Shapode al Gabi Asimain. The Maiser was uh, redeemed with an Asimain. It's a coin that has no picture on it, like the usual coins. The Rahmana Omar, when the Torah describes the, what you use to uh, redeem the Maiser Shani, Vitsarto Hakesav Biyadecha. The simple Pshara of the Apostle Vitsarto would mean that you tie the money in your hands and you carry it to Yerushalayim. But we darshan, Dovar Sheyesh Paitsura, that you should redeem the Maiseshani with something that has a picture on it, with a regular coin, not a coin that has no money, that has no picture. Similar, Hektish, Shechilu Agabe Karka, he also redeemed the Hektish on, with a field, he, he exchanged it, gave to the Hektish a field instead of this Hektish that he redeemed, but it doesn't work. That in order to redeem Hektish, you have to move, use a movable object, a metaltalin, not karka. So that's the Chiddush of our Mishnah, that even that these halachas here, that, these, that redemption in this way, it is not effective. The next thing in the Mishnah was, V'loi esaluf. You're not allowed to move luf on Shabbos, some kind of a bean, because it's not edible, it's not, you can't use it for anything. We learned in Abraisa, metaltalin esa chotzov, you're allowed to move chotzov. What's chotzov? So Rashi says it's a kind of grass, and the Rashi points out that this is a kind of grass that, it's Gemara from Baba Basra, it's a kind of grass that has roots that grow straight down, not like usual roots that spread out. The roots just go straight. And the, and the uh, uh, mile of this grass is Yeshua in Eretz Yisrael used it on the border of Eretz Yisrael. Like this you can see exactly where the border is because it doesn't spread out, it just remains in its place and it goes straight down. So it's used for this purpose. So this kind of a grass, Chatzav, you're allowed to be metaltal. Why? It's food for the deers. Besachadl, mustard seeds, can be used for doves. In our Mishnah, by the way, it says you can't move mustard. In our Mishnah it said, and not chardl. Here it says you could move them because it could be used for the birds. So the Pashtas, the Brai says, speaking about a case where, there, where you have, if you have these birds, so then it could be moved. The Mishnah is speaking about in a regular case where you don't have these birds. So common. You could even move on Shabbos broken pieces of glass. Because it's, it's food for the ostriches. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it could be moved for that purpose. By the way, if there's a case where the glass is broken on the floor and it's a danger, that people could uh, step on it and hurt themselves, so you're allowed to move it aside on Shabbos. People feeding right? ostriches. Huh? Well, who has an ostrich to feed on Shabbos? A, a rich man, as we'll see soon in the Gemara. Very good point. The Gemara will soon point out that normal people don't have ostriches in their possession, but someone that's very well that's to do. Yep, and he has an ostrich, and he has the. And it's useful for to feed the ostrich. When it comes to the uh, kayan, you don't. You're going to give it to the kayan. You are going to give it. What are you referring to? The glass, the broken glass. Oh, you're going back to truma. Um, so what's your question? I'm not done. One second, have... one second. You're going to have to ask me afterwards. Let's keep uh, the flow. Amalei Rab Nosen. So Rab Nosen says to Rab Shemim Gamliel, Ela meyato, chavileis meiris, bundles of uh, twigs, yitaltalu, should also be allowed to move on Shabbos, mipnei shumaychal apilin. You can give that to eat to elephants. Even though usually bundles of twigs, I mentioned the Mishnah also, it's something which can't be used, it's muktzah. But you can feel it, uh, this is what uh, elephants eat. 
But Abshim and Megamliel, so the Gemara explains, so what does Abshim and Megamliel take a hold about this? Naimiyoyz shchichi. Ostriches is, could, be, could be a person has, it's more common than a person owning an elephant. It's possible a person has an ostrich and he wants to feed it. Pilin loishchichi. To have an elephant that he has to feed, that's completely not common. Homer says, it's not only shchichi, we're taka only talking about a person that actually owns an ostrich and he has to feed now an ostrich, so then you're allowed to move the broken pieces of, uh, of glass for the ostrich. Otherwise you can't. So Avashi disagrees with what Amemah says here. Omer Avashi la Meimar, so Avashi says to Meimar, El edekomle rab nasen le rab shimmigamlil. Based on what you're saying, that it, when Rab Shimmigam Lil said that you can move the glass, it's only for the ostrich that you actually own. So now, what was Rab Nasan's taina to Rab Shimmigam Lil? He told him, You should be able to move it. For our elephants, if Itaka owns an elephant, so then why not? If Rab Shimmigam Lil only was speaking about a person that owns an ostrich and has to feed the ostrich, so then the same thing would apply to an elephant. What's Rab Nassan asking? Elo ro'oi. Elamai, the answer is that we're talking about the fact that glass is ro'oi to be fed to an ostrich, even if you don't actually own an ostrich. But the very fact that it's ro'oi to feed it to an ostrich is enough of a reason to be allowed to feed it to the ostrich, to, to be able to move this glass. So therefore, Rab Nassan asked the question, even if you don't own an elephant, it's, it should, should be roy to feed an elephant, and he answered him, no, it's not shchiach. The elephant is something that's completely not shchiach to own at all. That's much like this, yeah. Huh? In that case, it the mustard seed. Yeah. So now the Gemara comes back over here to the ostriches. Who owns the ostrich? And you see, I'm not sure the hemshch of the Gemara here. If we're going according to Ameimer or according to Ravashi, but maybe even according to Ravashi, where you don't have to actually be feeding an ostrich right now. But it doesn't, we're not talking about a place where it's not shaykh bakhlal for a person to own an ostrich, where there are no ostriches around bakhlal. If it's a massive where there's bakhlal no yechelis of a person owning an ostrich, then this thing wouldn't apply, even according to Rabashi. So now, Abaye says, Omar Abaye, Rabshim ben Gamliel, Virabshimen, Virabishmol, Virabakive, Kulu, Svirilahu, all of these hold, Kol Yisrael b'nei Melochimim, Yidin are princes. Rabshim Megamliel, Hodam Moran. Rabshim Megamliel, where do we see that he holds Yidin or Bnei Melochim? This that we just said, that he has an ostrich to feed. Who has an ostrich to feed? If not someone like he said that, that's very well to do and is a Ben Melech, he's a prince that could afford himself to own this exotic animal. He has a zoo. says that Tznan, we learned this already before. Bnei Melochim, Sochen al Gabi Makisayim, Shemen Vered. The Bnei Melachim, the princes, they use for their wounds shaman vered, it's uh, rose oil. And Shekein Darkash shal Bnei Melachim losuch b'chayl. Yidin are Bnei Melachim, and therefore this is allowed to be used on Shabbos, because this is what Bnei Melachim used during the week, and therefore every Yid is uh, expecting to use this, is common, it's all Yidin are Bnei Melachim. Rab Shimen Oimer, so again, that's, 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 uh, the, 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 this is the Tanakama. The Tanakama is saying only B'nai Malachim uh, could use this on Shabbos. Rab Shimon Oimer, call Yisrael B'nai Malachim heim. All Yidin are B'nai Malachim and they can use this rose oil. Rabbi Shmol and Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Shmol and Rabbi Kiva, they also hold that Yidin are B'nai Malachim. The Tanya we learned in the Bible says follows. Harei shayin noishim boy elef mon. 
a person, they were demanding of him to pay a loan, to pay a thousand mana. So what's the halacha when you owe somebody money? He can come and take from any of your possessions. He has to provide you, you know, the basics that you need to be able to wear and to live with. But otherwise, he can take all your possessions. V'lovosh itztele baskuf mana. He's wearing a garment that's very expensive, a very expensive suit. Mavshitu naisai. You can remove that garment. And malbishu naisai itzla riyalai. You give him instead a cheaper suit and that expensive suit you can take yourself for the payment for the loan. So Tana Mishum Rabbi Shmal, Tana Mishum Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Shmal and Rabbi Kiva both said, "Kol Yisrael Ruyin This expensive suit or this expensive garment, all Yidden are deserving to wear it, and even if they owe you money, you can't remove it from them because this is befitting for them. This is their basics of what a Yid needs as Bnei Melachim. Doesn't Gemara doesn't give a shir. So this is a Gemara that Rebbe quoted so many times. Kol Yisrael Bnei Melachim Heim in so many different contexts. And sometimes the Rebbe would say that it's, you see from the Gemara before, that Yidin are not only B'nai Malachim, but Yidin are Malachim. It's based also on the Gemara before on Shabbos, that Yidin are actually compared to kings. It says in Tukunei, Tukunei Zayar, it says that Yidin are all Malachim. The Rebbe would bring this in, in many different instances, to, to, to say, make the point that Yidin are higher than Teva, like a Melech that has a control of everything. The famous Lashon of Chazal, Oma Malka Oka Tura, that a king in his pathway, there's no manis v'yikuvim, he can go forward and he can even uproot a mountain to be able to get where he has to go, the kayach of a yid to be able to do a mitzvah, all kinds of things, and how much a yid deserves, even begashmias, yidin of b'nei melochim, and the Abishtah has to provide all the yidin, begashmias like a melech needs, with the harchava of a melech, v'cholo v'cholo. Ben Yochid. Ben Yochid, okay, that's b'nei melochim. Yeah, the next thing in the Mishnah it said, Chavile Kash, Chavile Zrodim. You have uh, bundles of straw, bundles of uh, reeds. Tosa Mukta. Tanar Abanon, we learned in Abraisa, Chavile Kash, Chavile Eitzim, Chavile Zrodim. Bundles of straw, bundles of wood, bundles of uh, reeds. Im Iskinon, Lamaycha if it was prepared to feed for animals. Metaltal and Isam. So then you're allowed to move them. Vimlav, if they were not prepared, a metaltal and Isam. You can't move them. In other words, Bistam, it's separated, it's not, it's Mukta, it wasn't prepared, and therefore it's, it's yeah, it's Mukta. Abshim Gamliyoloyme, Chavilin Anitolim Biyadechod, if they're bundles that you could move with one hand, then Mutter. The Taltalam Bishtayedayim, but if these big bundles that you have to move them with two hands, then Asal Taltalam. You're not allowed to move them on Shabbos and Bepashtus, the reason is not because of Mukta but because of the extra tircha, the extraneous activity, which is uvdun dechayol, a person like on a weekday in his field is moving these massive bundles, you're not, that, you're not allowed to move in Shabbos. Chavile siya, bundles of siya, which the Gemara will soon explain, Azov, kornis, three different kinds of uh, spices or whatever this is, herbs or spices, so you have bundles of these things. If you brought them into your house to be used for firewood, so you can't then decide to use from it for, on, on Shabbos to feed the animals. Again, sorry, you can't use it for yourself on Shabbos. You brought it in for firewood, so it's designated for the fire. It's Mukta. If you brought it into your house for Michael Bahama, so then you designated it for use on Shabbos. So then, you can use it for yourself on Shabbos. So apparently this is something that a person could eat. It's also, even though it's, it's, it could be used for firewood, it could be used for Michael Behema, but this is something that a person could himself eat as well. And now the Mishnah says, how do you eat from this? So here there could be another issue. 
So now the person is going to dice this into pieces. So there's, we had this before already, there's the Malach of Teichen. When you grind something, the Malach of Teichen is not only grinding, there's the tail of the Malach. The Gemara mentioned before, dicing beets. So over here as well, if you're going to dice this into pieces, it has to be done with a shini. You should dice it with your hands. But you should not dice it with a keli that uh, would be the regular malacha of a uh, tailed of the malacha of teichen. If you want to uh, separate, if you have or for the, the concept of meilol is where you want to roll out, like, like for example, the peas of a pod, and you want to roll out these herbs from uh, from its shell or from a pod, so you can do it. You should not do it also with a keli. It should be done by hand. Devrei Rabbi Yehuda. This is the, what Rabbi Yehuda says. So this is a separate issue. So there was the first half of this b'raisa that was discussing whether it's muktza or not. The second half of the b'raisa is talking about the malacha of teichin. And then it's talking about meilol. What, what would be the issue of meilol, of rolling out or taking out the uh, kernels or whatever it is from the pod and these herbs. So the issue is dosh. When you separate peas from a pod, you separate something from where it's connected to, the way it grows. It's like dosh, where you extract the kernels from the husks when the, when the animals are threshing. So it has to be also done, not in the regular way, with a keli. You can't roll it usually the way it's done, with the, with the palms of your hand. You have to do it with the tip of your fingers. But you shouldn't do many at once the way it's done during the week. The same Allah applies that we said before. But Amisa, if you have Amisa, another kind of herb, other and again another herb, other kinds of spices. So now the Gemara asks, Maya Misa, what is Amisa? Ninya. Amisa is Ninya, which I believe is mint. Sia. What's Sia? Amr of it's Satri. It's Satri. Some kind of a uh, herb. Okay, Rashi says uh, the, the, the different kinds of lazas over here. I think one of the Pshatim they say is Penny Royal or something like that. Ezev, what's Ezev? Abarsa. Okay. Ah, you have the translation there? I'm not sure what it is. Kornis, what's. Huh? I never know how to pronounce this. Hisip. Hisip, okay. Kornis, what's Kornis? Kornisa Shema, that's what it is. Kornis is, is Kornisa, it's basically the same name. Threk to Gemara, is that what Kornis is? There's someone that said, Man, boy, Kornisa. Who wants Kornisa? And they brought him Choshi. Uh, Kornis and Kornisa are not the same thing. Kornisa is Choshi. Elo, so the Gemara changes it. Tzia is, uh, is, is Tzatri, like we said. Ezov is Abarta, like we said. And, but Kornisa is Takahoshi. That's a different thing. Okay. Fine. That's the uh, story with, or Kornisa, maybe you read it. Kornisa is Choshi. Okay. Zakta Gemara Itmar, we learned about raw meat. Basar Maliach. You have raw meat which was salted. And it could be eaten raw. Once it's salted, it's sort of like pickled, it's salted, so it could be eaten raw. So you can move in a Shabbos. Basa tuffle. If it's raw meat. Cured, that's what it's, huh? it's called cured meat. Yeah, that's the English term? Okay. Basa tuffle. If you have raw meat that hasn't been salted either, so people don't eat it at all. So now what's that locha? Ravuna says you're allowed to move it. Ravchista amar osalatalatalai. 
Chista says you're not allowed to move it. So they're arguing, is this something that sometimes people eat or not? Okay, that's, that's what it seems like. Or Rashi actually tells Rashi says, the machlekes over here is whether there's muktza in this case. Okay, the Gemara will explain. Let's see. So we just said, Rav Huna says that you're allowed to move it. Why are you allowed to move it? Rav Huna was a student of Rav. Regarding the general machlekes, regarding muktza. Are we stringent about muktza or very lenient about muktza? Rav Huna holds like Rav and Rav holds like Rav Yehuda, the Islam muktza. He holds of the concept of muktzah when you have something that is not mamish muktzah that you specifically decided you're not going to use it on Shabbos. So for example here, this meat. It's not roi l'maychel, but you didn't mamish have a mind to be maktzah. According to Rab Shimon, this would not be muktzah. According to Rabbi Yehuda, this is muktzah. So what Rav follows Rabbi Yehuda, so this should be muktzah if it's not fit for eating. So the Gemara makes a very interesting distinction. Regarding being muktze for eating, legabi that he's machmer like Rabbi Yehuda, but muktze letaltel, but to be allowed to move it, not to eat it, savalak Rabbi Shimon. Legabi this he was lenient and he held like Rabbi Shimon that it's not muktze. So there's two different scenarios of a person moving something. There's moving it to eat it, and moving it stam to, to, to not not for eating it. And, then, and there he held like Rabbi Shimon, and that's why here Rav Huna said this, even this raw meat is allowed to be moved. Rav Chista says that you're not allowed to move this raw meat. It's Mokze. Rav Yitzchak Ba'ami came on a Shabbos to Rav Chista. So you saw meat from a, uh, from a duck, from a, avze, from a uh, goose. They were moving it out of the sun to the shade. It's going to get spoiled. And Rav Chista commented, oh, Yes, this is a good idea. This is going to be a financial loss that it's going to get ruined in the sun. So we see that he was okay with moving raw meat from the sun to the shade. And here Rav Chista says it's muktze. And says the Gemara, Shani bar avze, this kind of meat from a goose is different. People do chew it even raw. Regular meat from a, 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 an animal, that people don't eat raw and that's why it's muktze. Salted fish, like a, like a herring, for example, or something that's pickled, salted. Mutalataltla, you're allowed to move it because people eat that. Dog toffel, raw fish, osalataltla, you're not allowed to move it because people don't eat it. Maybe we could say today times have changed and raw fish is uh, not mukts anymore. Yeah, and the, 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 the meat before that I was talking about that people chew raw meat, I've never seen that being done, people chewing raw meat, so times have changed. Huh? Yeah, you did see such a thing. Okay, I haven't been everywhere yet. Okay, good. Basar, bein tafel, bein maliach, mutalataltalai. The meat, whether it's raw, whether it's not raw, you're allowed to move it. Taner another b'raise, metaltalain is how You have bones that are left over. You're allowed to move the bones. It can be fed to dogs. Basar, tafuach, you have meat that's spoiled. You're allowed to move it with Neshumaychel Lachaya because the beasts eat this. Mayim Agulin, water that was exposed overnight. So there's a Xayr of Chazal in those times, you're not allowed to eat it because a snake might have put his venom into this water. But you're still allowed to eat it. You can still feed it to a cat. Rabshim Gamliel says, Kol Atzman. He's not, this whole water, this exposed water, you're not allowed to have it in your house, 
shouldn't keep it. Because it's a sakana, you're going to feed it to your cat. A human being might come to drink it. So therefore you shouldn't have this water bachlal in your house on Shabbos for that purpose. before. So it, according to one girsatake, it says that in the Gemara here. In our Gemara it says basa tafuach, but according to another girsa, you're supposed to be good as basa tafel. That's meant raw meat mm-hmm. is not mukta because even because chayes eat it. Yeah, Yeah, in such a case exactly. You're allowed to turn over a freichim, sorry. You're allowed to turn over a basket for chickens to be able to jump up to get, or birds to get the um, little chicks to get up into their uh, chicken coop. Okay, so we, this was brought, quoted in the Gemara before, and Rashi here explained. They, you put it upside down so now they can, it's like a step for them to go up into the chicken coop. What's the chiddush here? Rashi says, that usually, we had this a few times already, a keli cannot be used, even if it's not mukta, but you cannot use it for a purpose for something that is mukta. So here you're preparing it for the chickens, and the chickens themselves are mukta. So how can you prepare it for this purpose? So Rashi explains, first of all, there's a machlekes about this. According to one opinion, they brought a raya from this Mishnah that you could move something which is not mukta for something that is mukta. Rabbi Yitzchak, that held before that you can't, says that over here he was moving this basket because he needed the space. So he had a hetter to move this basket for another reason, l'chatchila. Then now he could place it down over here for the, for the chicks to be able to go up. Baita the Mishnah says, You have a, a hen that ran out of its, uh, out of its uh, place where it's supposed to be, in this ch- whatever, chicken coop. So how do you get it back in? It's mukta. But so daichen oisa achetikonis, you can push it that it could go, it should go back in. Medadin agolim usyachin, you're allowed to uh, uh, sort of hold on to the calves or siyachin, uh, which are um, young, um, young what? What's siyachin again? Whatever there. Donkeys. Young donkeys. So you're so they can't walk on their own. You're allowed to help them to walk back into their place. Similar halacha isha medades bina. A mother is walking her son in Rishus Arabim, you can't carry. So a mother can hold her hands and uh, help the child walk. When could the mother do that? When the child is old enough to lift one foot, to put down another foot, that the child could walk, but it needs help, so the child, the mother could hold the child. If he's just dragging his feet, so you're practically carrying the child, so then it's not allowed. Then you're carrying in Rishus Arabim. An animal that fell into the water. So you want to save it from drowning. What do you do? You allowed to save it on Shabbos. You bring pillows, blankets, place it into the water so the animal can, can get a little bit height in the water, not to drown. And Vimalsa also, if it has the ability to go, come out of the water, so then it comes out. But more than that, you can't do. Meisvei, the Gemara asked, what we learned. Ah, that what? It's not a Rishusarab. No, it's not a Rishusarab. The, the issue over here is not about carrying. We'll see soon, the Gemara will explain what the issue is, but it's not about carrying. You're not allowed to take out the animal. The issue of taking out the animal would be extra tercha, uvdin dechel. So you're not allowed to do that. You can just bring karam buksasais to, to let it to be able to go out by itself. Meisvei, we learned in Abraisa, Behemah shenof olam asamayim, Behemah fell into the water. Aisala parnasa bim kaima b'shul shalei tamus. 
you're allowed to give it food that it should be able to live there until Shabbos is over, and then you'll take it out. But you're not allowed to put pillows and blankets into the water. Panasa in Pillows and blankets you're not allowed to put into the water. What's the issue of putting pillows and blankets into the water? So this is another issue that we had a few times before. You're not allowed to take a keli on Shabbos, which is not mukta, which is usable, and turn it into a mukta keli. Make it unusable. You take the pillows and blankets, you throw it into the water on Shabbos, it's not going to be usable anymore. It's, it's drenched with water. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You won't be able to use it anymore. So, but over here, it's a steer to the previous b'rais. It says you can put the pillows and blankets in the water for the purpose of the animal. And here it says you can't, you can just feed it. It's not a question. If you could feed it there and that will be adequate enough, then that's what you should do. But in a case where that won't work, so then you're allowed to go put pillows and blankets there so the animal can get some height and can come out. So if you could give it parnasa there, so that's what you have to do. But if not, maybe you can bring these pillows and blankets and place it there for the animal. You're taking something which was not mukta and you're turning it into a mukta keli now. Not it's mukta, you can't use it anymore. If there's an issue of using it on Shabbos, so now it's going to become mukta. Okay? So what's the issue of Mvatla Klimei Chani? Rashi said this before already, but Rashi reminds us again. It's, it's, it's similar to the Malacha of Seyser. When you demolish something, it was usable, and now it's not usable. It's similar with the Rabbanon, it's similar to Seyser. So how are you allowed to use these pillows and blankets for the purpose of the animal? Even when you can't feed it, but still, how, can, how are you allowed to do this? And one second, answers the Gemara. And for the Gemara, Tsar Balach Savar, he holds Mvatla Klimei Chani the Rabbanon. This Iser, of taking a keli that's usable and being mevatalit, that it can't be used anymore, that's only an ism rabbanon. And sar balachayim, the pain of the animal, there in the water is the iraisa. That's an ism in atayre. Va'asi the iraisa v'dachim the rabbanon. The ism in the of sar balachayim is going to be deicha, the ism in the rabbanon of not being allowed to take something which is not mukta and making it mukta. Deicha the tercha. Yeah? Of parnasa. Of what? Of, of, of taking it out. Okay, I hear you. The next case of the Mishnah was the Tanagailis that ran away from its place and you had to bring it back in. How are you allowed to bring it back in? So the Gemara now is Medayik. What did it say in the Mishnah? You can sort of push it. But ain't Medadin. You can't walk it. Right? There's a difference. When you walk something, you sort of hold it. You can sort of hold on to the chicken by its neck and walk it back into its place. That you can't do. That it said regarding calves or young donkeys, but not benegate the chickens. Why not? So this is what we see in a Braise that it explains this. You're allowed to walk an animal, a beast, or a bird in the, in the courtyard. But not chickens. Why not? my time, why, why are chickens different? When you walk it, it sort of picks itself up. It, it, it jumps up. So if you're going to be walking it it, it, it jumps up. So you're practically carrying it. And it's muktza. And it's, it's muktza on Shabbos. So to, to, to walk it, I'm sorry, to push it, that you're allowed. But if you're going to try to walk it, you're going to hold on to it. So then it's going to jump up and you're practically carrying it. Tani Chada, we learned in one b'raise. Medaden, behema chayev, oiv b'chatzer. You can uh, walk an animal, bird, in the chatzer, in your own court, courtyard. Avalei b'rishos but not in the rishos 
There it's not allowed because you could come to carry it. Then it says in the Braisa, a, a, a mother is allowed to walk her child in the Rishasarab. Needless to say that a mother could walk her child in a chatzah. It's not allowed. It, it's not a malacha. The Tanya Edoch, we learned in another Braisa. You're not allowed to pick up the Behemah Oif in your own courtyard. You're allowed to push them that they should enter into their barn. So this second Braisa now is not clear. The Gemara asks that it seems to contradict itself because it talks about only two scenarios, picking up or pushing. What's with the case in between? Walking, medadin, that the Braise doesn't say. So the Gemara says, ha gufa kashe, this Braise seems to contradict itself. Omrit, on one hand you say, ein you can't pick it up. So from that it's mashma, avul daduya medadinon, but you could walk it. Ha da omrit, but then in the end, in the safe of this Braise it says, doichen, you can push it. Doichen in medadin light. you could only push it, but you can't walk it. When you mamash like hold on to it, that you can't do. So how do you learn pshat in this Braise? Amar Abaye, so Abaye explains, Seifa Osan Latanagailis. The two parts of the Braisa are not talking about the same thing. The first part of the Braisa was talking about any Behemachayavaif. The second part of the Braisa, where it says only Doichin and not Medadin, that was talking about the chicken, like it said in the Mishnah, that the chicken you're not allowed to walk because then it like jumps up. Amar Abaye, so this is an unrelated halacha. We're talking about chickens over here and the nature of chickens, so it brings in Benigate to Shechita, how you shech the chicken. Hai man de Shachet Tarnagailis. Person that's shechting a chicken. So either you should push it down, it should buckle its knees into the ground so that it shouldn't be able to uh, resist the shechita and it shouldn't be a problem with the shechita. Inami You pick it up in the air. What's going to be the issue? If you just let it stand on the ground, so then the chicken could like push its claws into the earth. And it's like trying to pull away from you and the, the windpipe or the food pipe will be dislodged from the jaw where it, where it is and akira, if the, if the, if the windpipe is, is removed from its place when you, before you're shechting it, so then the shechita is not kosher. So in order for the chicken not to, to fight you and then to make the, the shechita not kosher, so either you have to push it down on the ground or the way it's done today, the shechita is done holding it up in the air. You cannot deliver a baby for an animal on Yom Tif. And again, the reason is because of Tircha. This is Uvdin Dechayl. Aval Mesadin. You can assist. You can assist the birth. Yaldin is a Isha B'Shabbos. Giving birth for a, for a woman, for a human being on Shabbos. You can, you can deliver a baby on Shabbos. You can call a midwife from one place to another on Shabbos. You can do anything for Chilo Shabbos. To be Mechal Shabbos for her. The Kaishrin is a Tibur. The umbilical cord of the baby can be tied so it shouldn't get uh, caught up in something and then Chas V'Sholem can, can uh, schlep it out. Rabbi Yaisi says, not only could you tie it, you can also cut it. Also, everything and anything that has to be done for a bris could be done on Shabbos, which will be in Mitzvah the Hemshech of the next Patek, we'll see more about the bris, but here we're going to talk about Let's see. So it's out of the Mishnah when you deliver a baby born by an animal, you can't deliver the baby, but you could assist it. What says to assist? Ketzad Misad, and how do you assist and not deliver? 
when the baby is born, you can hold it that it shouldn't just drop to the ground. Rav Nachman says, You could put on some certain pressure points in the body of the animal to help the baby come out. We learned in Abraham Selech Rav Yehuda said, How do you assist an animal that's giving birth? You hold the baby that's born that it shouldn't drop to the ground. And you could also clear the nose of the mother that's giving birth so it gets very stressed out and then if the nose is uh, stuffed so you can clear its nose. And you could also help the baby when it's born that it should feed from the mother that's another way of helping it. Amar Abshem Megamliel said, Merachemin hayinu al behemet We would have mercy on a behemet tahayra on yomtif. What was this mercy? Heichiyavit, what did they do? Amar Abaya, Abaya said, Mevi bulshal melach, they would bring a fistful of salt, umaniach labatecha rechem, and they would place it inside the womb of the mother that just gave birth. What's the point of this? She should remember the fact that she had a baby there. She should be like, have a sensation from the salt. And it'll remember the baby that was just born. And it'll have Rahmanas on the child. As the Gemara is about to say, the nature of Behemoth Tahira is after the baby is born, it forgets about the baby and it wouldn't naturally go to feed the baby. So what they did is they put salt into the womb of the mother that it should remember that it had a baby there. So they would do this on, on, on Shabbos for, for the Rahmanis that the, the mother should feed the child. And also they would take the liquid from the, uh, the afterbirth that, and they would sprinkle it on the baby that was born. The mother smells this and it feeds the child. Now the Gemara explains that this is only true about the nature of a behemoth tahayra. This is only by by non-kosher animals, you're not allowed to do this. My timer, what's the reason? A tummy animal, after the child is born, it doesn't forget about it. It doesn't forget about the baby and it will feed it. You don't have to do this. And if it's a case where you see that the mother forgets about the baby, Whatever you're going to do, you're going to put salt in the womb, you're going to do any, it's not going to, it forgets, if it forgets about its baby, nothing's going to help. So you're not allowed to do this in Shabbos. Tzad invited the Mishnah B'nigayat to giving birth for a mother. You can deliver a baby on Shabbos, you can call a midwife, and then it said you can be Mechal Shabbos. Mehdi, let's see, you said you can deliver a baby. You can call a midwife even from one place to another. So presumably that's even if it includes Chil Shabbos, to bring a, a, a midwife. So then when the Mishnah adds again that you could desecrate Shabbos, what is that coming to add? Don't we know this? Don't we understand this already from what it said before in the Mishnah? Answers the Gemara, Lasuya Hada Tanara Bonon. It's coming to add this that we learned in Abraisa, Imhoisa Tsrichaner, if she needs the light, a candle, a lamp, Khaverta Matlekas Lasaner. Or a friend is allowed to light a lamp for her. So even this, just to calm down in the dark, it's 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 uh, emotionally more difficult, just to calm her down emotionally, to light a lamp is allowed. If she needs oil, her friend could bring her oil. This is even if you're carrying the oil through a Rishusarab. So you can bring her oil, but if you can, you do it with a shinu. You don't carry it in a keli, you bring it in your palms of your hand. Biyad. It's not enough to, to bring in a hand. You can bring it, carrying it in your hair. 
also a shinoi. If you can't do it in the here, then you're allowed to bring it in the regular way in a keli. Oh, Mama, we just learned here in the Braise, it said, If she needs a candle, her friend could light a candle for her. Of course he can't. It's a, for a This is a woman that's giving birth, that's considered to be a It's Of course it's Deich Shabbos. And it says, We're talking about a woman that's giving birth and she is blind. Since she's blind, also, there's no benefit of lighting a lamp. It still does calm her down if she knows there's light in the room. Savra, she thinks to herself, if there's something that I need, my friend will have will be able to see and bring it to me. So even for the person that's blind, the chiddush here is that it's also beneficial to light it on Shabbos.